Irez Yalan heads the security research group at Checkmarks. With vast defender and attacker experience and as an independent security researcher, he brings invaluable knowledge and skills to the table. Irez joins us to speak about the new OWASP API security project and more specifically, the new API security top 10. We hope you enjoy this conversation with Irez Yalan. At Security Journey, we believe security is every developer's job. We work with our customers to help them build long-term, sustainable security culture amongst all their developers. Our approach is to provide security education that's conversational, quick, hands-on, and fun. We don't do lectures. Instead, we let the experts talk about what's important. Modules are quick, 10 to 20 minutes in length. We believe in hands-on experiments, builder and breaker style, that allow your developers to put what they learned into action. And lastly, fun. Training doesn't have to be boring. We make it engaging and fun for the developers. Visit www.securityjourney.com to sign up for a free trial of the Security Dojo. Folks, welcome to this episode of the Application Security Podcast. This is Chris Romeo, CEO of Security Journey and also co-host of said podcast. I'm joined today by Robert. Hey, Robert. Hey, Chris. Yeah, it's Robert Hurlbut, Threat Modeling Architect. Good to be here. And we're joined by a guest who has been with us before in the past, uh, Irez Yalan, was featured with Leora Herman in an episode that we did about the application security village at DEF CON. But we have invited Irez back to talk about something else that he's working on. And so we're going to jump right in with this. The topic today is API and API security. And so Irez, let's just dive right into the deep end of API. Well, I guess it's the shallow end of API by starting with what is API? It is the shallow end, but it's a, it's a ground for many religious wars, I think. Uh, to define what API is, so let's uh, let's start carefully here. Um, API, we all know, it stands for Application Programming Interface, and without going uh, very deep into what it means, uh, it's basically just an interface um, or communication protocol between uh, some sort of client and, uh, on the other end, uh, a server. Um, the intention is to, to simplify the building of client-side software, and it has some sort of a contract nature between the client side and the server side where everyone knows what to expect from each other. This is basically um, a very generalized idea of API. Now, when you say a contract nature, I'm starting to think about a protocol. So what's the difference then between a protocol and an API? So a protocol would define probably uh, many aspects of, uh, of a specific process, while an API is usually um, a very specific call that will tell you what you're going to get and what you're expected to, to give back. Okay. Again, we're, we're talking about something very, very general here. It can be something uh, in the operating system, uh, even lower than that, or, or just in the programming language. But... The meaning of API security here is not really about specifically the API, but what can be done with it. Ah, okay. The yeah, the 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 impact. And so, when we think about so a protocol, 
is normally something that has like a, a standard that's backing it up. It's like a bunch of people have agreed, hey, here's how we're going to communicate. And API kind of is going to sit on top of that. API is going to use various protocols and standards to be successful in fulfilling those contracts between client and server. Um, okay. So when we think about API, then what, what are the, what, what's kind of the, the issue from a security perspective? Okay. So, so let's start with, with how common it is. Um, who uses APIs these days? I think that everyone who is developing for mobile, uh, IoT, B2B, um, cloud or serverless, uh, single page application, I'm not sure if I missed any buzzword, but <laughs> any of these technologies or architectures um, or basically every modern application is based on APIs. Um, we love APIs and with good reason. APIs makes our lives um, make our lives very, very simple sometimes and let us concentrate on the, on the business issues, on the logic issues of the software we write. Um, so basically every modern application uses APIs and when I'm referring to API security, what I'm actually referring to is API-based apps or modern apps security. Um, it's what you can do uh, and how you can abuse this new way of um, communicating between modules and nodes in the flow of a very generalized and, and very flexible mesh of, of uh, software today. So when I think about kind of the, 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 the um, I don't even know if I want to call it the old web, but I'm going to call it the old web anyway. I'm going to use the word traditional. Traditional. Okay. That sounds so much better. The traditional web. But when I think about the traditional web and web applications, and then I think about API, there's a lot of similarities though, right? Between, because kind of like the classic monolithic applications had your front end and your back end all together in one big fat application. And now with API, you're kind of separating it. So a lot, is there a lot of commonality between the challenges of monolithic or traditional and the API? So that's a really good question to, to look at and to, to think um, what exactly are, what is different about API-based apps? Okay, this is, um, this is something that, that we put our minds into it because every time I talk about API security, then people tell me uh, apps are apps. What's the difference? I mean, it's, it's very... It's very transparent to the user what's going behind it, and, and it really doesn't really matter. So with API-based apps, we know that, or modern apps, we know that client devices are becoming varied and stronger. Um, we used to have um, one specific uh, uh, client. In the past, it was our browser. Now we know that it can be any IoT or smart toaster, or as I said, B2B or a, a smartwatch, or an iPad, or a mobile phone. It can be Android, it can be anything else. It can be web-based, it can be um, some sort of, of a, a other software. So it's very, very different. Um, and also the computing, uh, the computing power of the client side is stronger than, uh, than in the past. So the process we see here is that logic moves from the back end um, in a way to the front end. So if in the past we saw the similarities uh, of traditional and modern applications are with the communication of the user with the client, 
Um, and also uh, another similarity is between the server and the database, because this is where things stay the same. In modern application now, um, first of all, we see very uh, many different kinds of clients, as we said, but there is also a difference of uh, where the logic happens. In traditional applications, the client would, said, would send uh, a GET request to a server. The server uh, would get the information. The logic would run there, and the server would return to the client some sort of uh, fully rendered HTML page. Uh, to be presented. These days, it's not really like that because um, each client is, let's say, in charge of presenting the information. So the client would send a series of API gets to a server. The server would be getting the information from databases, more like a proxy, and will return raw data, raw data to the client. And on the side of the client, there will be some logic to render uh, and to create the, the end result that the user sees. So the logic is a bit different, and this is a, a lot of this is the source of most of the issues we see. Yeah, so it sounds it sounds like while there is some commonality, there's also some unique things that API security is going to bring to the table. Unique things that we need to consider. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so since the server is used more as a proxy and the rendering component is the client, um, the clients consume raw data, uh, the APIs expose the underlying implementations of the apps. Even the user states, we, we can see that, are usually now maintained and monitored by the client uh, as more parameters uh, are being sent in each HTTP request because uh, it's not filtered anymore. The, the client is supposed to, to filter it. So you can see a lot of object IDs and values and filters and, and so on and so forth. And, and the attacker can get a lot of endpoints. Um, the, attack, uh, the attack surface is growing all the time and the endpoints are, are numerous. Yeah, and this is this has actually been very helpful. I, I had never thought about the server as proxy in the new kind of generation of, of applications. But yeah, I mean, it's effectively what it is. It's, it's just serving up data and kicking it back to client for rendering. Yeah, now it is the same. And also um, we have our big wave of, uh, of, of focus moving towards uh, DevOps and DevSecOps. Even that is becoming uh, very easy. APIs change all the time now with the CICD uh, it takes really just a few clicks to spin up a new, a new API host uh, with new Kubernetes and, and Docker's and um, and everything that is cloud. Uh, APIs become very very easy to uh, to spin, uh, just to spin up. And sometimes it's too fast for our own good. It becomes very hard to track. It creates some sort of shadow API that you don't remember you you ever uh, uh, put on or all the uh, old exposed APIs that someone forgot to delete. So, so even the, the, the DevOps part of, uh, of API management um, kind of contributes to, to these issues. Well, while our listeners might be thinking, how could we possibly understand all the different API security challenges? All hope is not lost. 
because Arez <laughs> has been working on a new project called the OWASP API Security Project, which is educating all of us and making us aware about the issues that we that we have to be considering from the API perspective. And so, Arez, give us just a, a kind of a high level summary about this project. Talk a little bit about the team that's that, that's delivering it. I love for other OWASP folks to get recognition as well, because I know there's a lot of folks that are that are probably working behind the scenes on this thing. Give us a little bit of perspective on the new project. Okay. So, yeah, as you said, um, the, the first thing we wanted to do um, in order to start uh, treating API security as, as it should be treated um, is to bridge the gap, the, the knowledge gap and the awareness. A lot of users, a lot of developers, um, and even architects are not really aware of the problems, and you cannot really fix anything or remediate anything until you are aware of the of the situation. So, um, as a as a proud uh, OWASP member, I decided to uh, stop waiting for someone to create the project uh, and decided to go for it um, together with a friend Inon Shkedi. Also. Um, he has a lot of experience with pen testing. I would call him an API specialist. Um, this is what he, he is doing now. So uh, together with the other friends, we kind of went for it and started to try and dig out information. Uh, we decided to start with an API security top 10 um, because this would probably be the best awareness document we can create, uh, just to put uh, a very clear picture of what we're missing uh, in front of people. And I think it's working very well already. We'll probably discuss that a bit later. Um, the work was uh, kind of, it, it took a lot of time. Uh, we started at the beginning of, of the year. But we're now uh, ready to release uh, the OWASP API security uh, top 10 list um, any day now. Great. Well, one, one thing I'd love for us to do now is just walk through each of these items in the top 10. And we're going to I wish I had a timer noise going in the background. We're going we're gonna to keep ourselves to about two minutes per item just because we want to we want to introduce each of these. Some of them are going to be familiar for those that have, have looked closely at the the kind of primary OWASP top 10 from more of the, the web application perspective. But there's a couple things on here that are that are different that you won't see on that list. And so um, let's jump right in here, Rez, with um, with number one, broken object level authorization. OK, so. This is something that many people, when I explain to them, tell me, oh, isn't it uh, uh, idle, uh, insecure direct object reference? Um, and we decided not to use that name, but to use uh, another uh, specific uh, name, broken object level authorization. The reason is because that uh, the idle name is not very accurate. Uh, we don't think that the direct issue uh, is problematic. And, and I'll explain what I mean here. Um, when you have uh, an object um, that you wish to give access to, uh, let's say a specific document, um, you would not want anyone to get access to this document. Um, I, I think it's a very, very clear architecture that several users can, uh, can access specific uh, uh, objects and others cannot. So if you ask to get your own document, you should get access to it. And if you ask 
to get a document that um, you're not allowed to, you're not supposed to get it. This is, it sounds very clear, um, but we can see many times that when uh, implementing API access to objects, um, something gets lost on the way. And it's, it's very common because the attack surface is much wider. Uh, APIs receive more IDs because uh, clients maintain the user state, as we said. And there is no magic bullet. There's no security solution that solves the problem. And it can be handled uh, in many different layers. And sometimes when you create a layer, uh, you think that someone else is taking care of it. So just accessing uh, an object that is not yours uh, or you're not allowed to, to access it um, is the main problem. And we see it all the time. It happened to, to Verizon lately, um, and they had to, they actually managed to, um, to fix it, but a researcher found a way to access 2 million Verizon uh, monthly contracts just because he could access uh, any object he, he wanted. Um, so this is just an example. Um, the researcher was, uh, uh, the researcher's name is, is uh, Dali B. And, and this is practically it. We consider it the, the, the main issue uh, because it's really hard to, to address, basically. Okay, next is uh, number two, broken authentication. Tell us about that. Yeah, so broken authentication, I think the name here is, is clear. It kind of explains what we're talking about. Um, so let's start with why is it so common in APIs. Again, authentication endpoints are exposed to anyone by design. These are, this is why they're called endpoints. We have a lot of misconceptions uh, with uh, software security engineers about authentications. Sometimes um, there is a lot of confusion in, in authorization and authentication, which leaves the authentication broken. And sometimes um, they use uh, very, clear, very clear methods that are just wrong. It's either lack of protection or misimplementation. These are two different ways that authentication can be broken. Um, lack of protection is obviously something that uh, that is just missing. For example, if you don't put an account lockout mechanism or capture or, or something like that, you will be able to be, your authentication is broken because it allows uh, credential stuffing and brute forcing. Um, sometimes you do implement something, uh, but for example, we see a lot of people using JWT now, but they use as, as the algorithm, they use uh, um, the value none, which means that there is no encryption. So there is either lack of protection or misimplementation in, in authentication. There are many things that can go wrong with authentication. Okay, the third one takes us to excessive data exposure. Which generally, like many things on this list, sounds like a bad idea. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this is this is very much uh, an API issue. APIs expose sensitive data of other users by design. Sometimes it's very common because uh, the REST standard and API economy in general they encourage developers to implement APIs in a very generic way. It's very uh, comfortable, it's very nice, and if everyone do it the same way, uh, there is a very short onboarding for every new process. The problem begins when you use very generic functions um, from some sort of uh, model or ORM without thinking about who's the consumer. So 
if you will send uh, all of the data uh, in a specific uh, object to the client and hoping that the client will filter it out for you, you are probably sending too much data. Um, for example, if you want to send someone um, the, uh, let's say, the name uh, and the hobbies of, of a specific person, you have on file also their address and, and other data, but you're not supposed to send it because this is private information. By sending just a standard object, you you might send some uh, some data that you're you're not willing to do or you're not supposed to. Okay, so uh, let's see. Number four, lack of resources and rate limiting. Yeah, so I don't think we need to go very deep into that. Um, if you don't limit your uh, the, the access to your resources, you will probably be uh, very open to, to brute force attacks and denial of service uh, attacks. Uh, I think this is kind of easy to uh, easy to understand because there, there should be a limit because there is a physical limit, so you should probably uh, limit it. A any resource that that can be uh, that can be accessed. Uh, should be limited. Okay, that takes us to number five, and I'm noticing a little similarity with number five in that it says broken function level authorization, yet number one was broken object level authorization. So what's going on here with five? Right. The, they are, uh, we call it uh, brother items or sister items. It's indeed similar, but we, we felt that it's important enough uh, to get... Uh, get its own separate uh, item. Um, broken function level authorization does not talk really about the object, the access to the object, but the function that can be done to it. Um, if I will explain, um, just give an example. For example, a, a regular user can access through API some sort of object and can, and can watch it and maybe even edit it, but only an admin can access it and delete it. So the action, the function is different. And the function should be only allowed according to, uh, to a specific role and not, um, and not to anyone. And again, this is very common in APIs, the, the issue of, of missing that. It's because the, the function level authorization uh, it can be implemented in, in several different ways. It can be in the code, in the configuration, in the API gateway. Uh, also, it's really easier to detect and exploit in APIs because the endpoints are more predictable. Um, the URL or the, or the API uh, endpoint can be very, very similar. You just uh, change a word, let's say, from, uh, from get to delete or something like that. Um, and it's very, very easy to try and enumerate these words. Uh, it's very predictable. Okay, and next is something I've seen in the wild a few times, mass assignment, number six. Yeah, so mass assignment is kind of the reversed uh, excessive data exposure. Uh, if in uh, item three, API three, we gave too much information, here we take too much information. We just take the, the parts of the object that uh, are legit, but we need to make sure that we're not getting any uh, malicious things. For example, a request can get 
a username and password, which is fine and legit, um, but we need to make sure that the user is not sending me also his role. Um, if I would send my username and then my password and then my role as admin, uh, I must make sure that um, I will not assign that into the object uh, unless the user is supposed to. Number seven, security misconfiguration. Yeah, this is kind of a general thing. It's, uh, it's more of a bucket of bad things. I know that everything is misconfiguration these days, but still we decided to put uh, a bit more emphasis about these things. It's, it's a long list. It's You will find the uh, weak encryptions and unnecessary exposed uh, HTTP methods and uh, sometimes no CSRF protection and, and detailed errors and improper course. This is, these are all things that should be configured right and hardened and to make sure that the security configuration is, is correct. Okay, and uh, number eight, injection. So injection, I'm hoping now uh, that everyone knows what injection is. Uh, I think the, the SQL injection is celebrating about 20 years now or even more um, in, the, in the OWASP top 10. Um, so I don't feel I need to explain, but I will explain why we lowered it uh, so much from A1 to uh, API 8. I think that the main reason that uh, injection is, is currently number one in, in the OWASP top 10 is because of uh, uh, SQL injections. Um, but SQL injections are getting not very common in, in modern APIs. It's because of the use of ORMs and increasing use of, of NoSQL. I know some people will say NoSQL injection exists. I know NoSQL injections are a thing, but they are usually not as common or severe. So I think that as soon as we take this out of the equation, and hopefully um, it will be a thing of the past, I think that injection uh, issues are, uh, are much lower uh, in our list. But as you can see, they're still there. Yeah, I was just thinking, should we be having like a party for SQL injection for like 20 years? But then I'm thinking, no, we should not celebrate this thing as a challenge. <laughs> so the party um, is yeah, canceled. Still the, the party is canceled. Hopefully, it will, it will someday will eradicate injection from every list. Uh, that takes us to number nine, improper assets management. So the management part is the part I used to hate most as a developer, and I'm pretty sure I'm not alone. The, the management part has, well, it, it's two different housekeeping issues, uh, as I see it. We're talking about either lack of documentation uh, which means that really no one remembers now what uh, uh, legacy XYZ uh, uh, export all users uh, API means at the moment because really no one actually documented it. Maybe it was for QA, maybe it's doing nothing, maybe it will send all the names and the credit cards of the users. You, you don't really know anymore because there is no documentation. Um, the other side is similar but different. It's more of an exposed risky uh, uh, APIs. Uh, if you used to have um, a version one or version two of the API and now you move to version three, please make sure that version ones and two are either monitored or uh, deprecated because if they are still exposed, it might be very risky. Uh, 
especially if you combine them and they are undocumented. So if they're just lying the uh, open API endpoints lying in the shadows, I can promise you that the hacker will find them. Okay, and finally, number 10, insufficient logging and monitoring. Okay, so this is actually the exact same as, as A10. We believe that uh, logging should be part of any uh, healthy system and app. So it is still there in the same place. Why does, I'm just curious, Irez, kind of your perspective on this, because I always chuckle when like every list that seems like we have out there, logging and monitoring always show up and they're always in the number 10 spot. Regardless, yeah, so, so, so what's your so, take on that? Why why do you think that is? I think that was added only in the last uh, 2017 list of the OS top ten. I don't really know how to feel about that because it is uh, not really a weakness um, that will help um, a hacker go into your code um, or your assets, but it might help him. Uh, get lost easier and, and, and hide easier and not allow you to actually understand that something happened there. Um, so I think it's it's not the, the classic weakness we think about. Probably some of us will, 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 are not really sure it's supposed to be there. But this is also why it got the, the number 10, uh, <laughs> just to be on the safe side. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. It's good that it's there. I just, it's, I don't know, maybe I, I chuckle at strange things, but I just always, <laughs> it always. No, I, I, I completely agree with you. And, and the, the, the first thing I, I, I thought when I saw that was, okay, so let's add lack of uh, fire extinguisher in the, in the solo room, right? Because it's, <laughs> <laughs> let's just be safe in general. But, yeah. but it makes sense. It makes sense because the, the hacking part is not just being able to go in. Uh, it has a lot of uh, of consequences and, and the way to cover up your tracks after that and logging is important. Yeah, I mean, maybe there is a maybe there's a new number 10 that's more focused on general safety uh, general application safety that includes things like logging and fire extinguishers both. Um, <laughs> yes. So where are you got where are you going with this? project like it, uh, it seems like you have based on the way you described this kind of in the beginning of the interview you talked it sounded like you had more of a bigger vision for maybe this was the first piece on a series of projects or things that are going to focus on api yeah so so the beginning was just to see where we stand and to understand the gap in knowledge um I come. I work at uh, uh, Checkmarks, and we see a lot of code of our customers. We see a lot of mistakes out there, uh, and we slowly see the mistakes migrating from the traditional ones to uh, to the modern ones, to the API ones. And um, the gap was very clear uh, in front of us, and we decided to do something and to start a project. Um, we started, as I said, with the project top ten, and it got immediate attention from everyone uh, with Full House when we talked about it in the OWASP events um, and people contacting us, they want to help and and a lot of attention from, uh, from media and also uh, I already got uh, conversations from people telling me they're actually using uh, what we released so far, which is the release candidate. Um, we had some a few versions of release candidates in the past 
Um, they're already using it in their organizations. So we're, it's, it's very clear to me that the need is real, uh, and I'm very happy we, we took that step. Um, as soon as we're going to finish the, and release the, the final version of the, of the API security top 10, um, we're going to move forward with the project, which is, which is going to include uh, some sort of cheat sheet because we want to help uh, developers and security people to, um, to understand a bit more than just the top 10 and also give them tools to, uh, uh, to remediate and maybe understand how it looks like. Because the top 10, as I said, is an awareness document. Um, it has some details in it, but not enough. So the cheat sheet would be able to, to help developers to actually improve the, the coding and the uh, design techniques. Um, and this would be the next step. In addition, since I think that you cannot really learn how to protect without breaking, um, we're going to create um, a vulnerable API project. Uh, it's got the name Crappy, C-R-A-P-I. Um, yeah, which stands for Completely Ridiculous API. Um, we're going to start with the top 10, obviously, but then uh, with the help of the public, uh, maybe we will get more and more into that. I think that seeing things uh, break really helps you build them stronger next time. Yeah, I agree. I love the name crappy. <laughs> that, that just taps into my middle school sense of humor, you know, from. Yeah, I'm still there. <laughs> well, so um, you mentioned also uh, previously something about a call for contributions. And so are you looking to collect data for future versions of this top 10 from from those folks that are out in the industry like the other top 10 projects doing? We did not uh, achieve a real contribution this time. Um, I think we maybe we did not reach far enough. So we used our own our own ways into looking at, at open uh, uh, bounty programs and, and things like that. Um, for the next uh, versions, we will surely use some more uh, data-driven decisions. Um, and I'm hoping that we will get a lot of information when we call when we publish some sort of call for data. We currently, though, uh, have open uh, opened the call for discussions and call for contributions. Uh, it's a bit late for the, for the top 10 document, but it's uh, exactly the right time for the next uh, cheat sheet and crappy. Um, you can find all the details uh, and join our mailing list if you go to, the, to our OASP webpage. So you will find it at the OASP API security project. And we would love to hear from everyone and get contributions. And basically, it's done for uh, for the public. So knowing that the public is actually using it already. Uh, and we have a great community in OASP. Uh, and the, the APSA community is amazing. Uh, and, and we love to hear each and every one of you and, and to get any contribution possible. Obviously, the, the project is run on, on GitHub. So, so everything is, is open. Uh, for everyone to, to comment and and even suggest edits. Awesome. Well, that's for our audience there. You heard if you want to participate in this process and provide data or just jump in and look for a way to help Erez and the rest of the team, 
This is OWASP, so there's always an opportunity. There's always a need for more volunteers and more people to help. And so, yeah, I don't think I don't think I said no to anyone who suggested help. So far. <laughs> That's great, Arez. Thank you uh, to you and the team as well who've been working on this. Uh, I know this is a labor of love, and there was a lots and lots of hours, many many more than anyone will ever realize went into creating this document. And so, we definitely appreciate all the efforts and the document's great. Um, just from, from what I'm seeing, it's looks like something that's very easily used to teach developers about what they need to care about from an API security perspective. So um, we look forward to seeing the cheat sheet and hearing about crappy and everything that goes with that. Um, thanks for being with us today and uh, really appreciate all the efforts you're putting forward. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Application Security Podcast. You'll find the show on Twitter at AppSec Podcast or on the web at www.securityjourney.com slash application dash security dash podcast. You can also find Chris on Twitter at EdgeRoute and Robert at Robert Hurlbutt. Remember, security is a journey, not a destination. <laughs>